1: This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, a story that is hard to listen to, but important to hear. What happened October 7th, when Hamas went on a killing spree, crossing the border from Gaza Attacking and massacring more than a 1,000 Israelis and taking hundreds more hostage, starting a war that Israel keeps waging inside Gaza. Republican Congressman Derek Van Orden, a retired U.S. Navy SEAL, went to Israel last month and he visited some of the sites where the terrorists rampaged, seeing the bloody aftermath, getting first-hand accounts of the carnage, and... He describes the scenes that, we warn you, are very graphic. Congressman Van Orden also talks about his support for Israel's war and why he opposes any aid to Palestinians in Gaza, where the U.N. says not only have thousands been killed in Israeli bombings that have been targeting Hamas militants, but there's also a humanitarian crisis. Hundreds of thousands of civilians in overcrowded shelters with food and fuel in low supply. Now... Our conversation was much too long to fit into our regular rundown podcast the other day. So here we are. Today, you get to hear everything that he had to say, as always, in these extras. And we thank you for listening, and we invite you to keep coming back for more of our coverage of the war and many other important issues. And now, Congressman Derek Van Orden on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us on the Fox News Rundown is Congressman Derek Van Orden. He's a Republican from Wisconsin who earlier in October, right after, not long after the Hamas terror attack, going across the border from Gaza into Israel, killing some 1,400 Israelis. You went there. You saw firsthand the bloody aftermath in some of the places that were under attack. First of all, thanks very much for joining us.
2: Well, you're welcome. It's good to be here. <clears throat> yeah, we got to get the we have to get this story out about what took place in Israel. Uh, people now are actively denying that certain things took place. Um, that did. They are, are protesting in support of a terrorist organization that committed the worst slaughter of Jews since the Holocaust. We have members of the United States Congress who actively support these terrorist groups. We have college campuses that are public funding calling for genocide of the Jewish people. And here's, here's what no one can ever do, ever. No one can ever tell me that these acts of barbarity did not take place because I was with the people um, who were, were responsible for cleaning up the aftermath.
1: Where did you and go, the things, Congressman?
2: Went to the two different kibbutzums that were directly attacked. I went to the uh, the grounds of the rave where the 200-plus children were slaughtered. Went to a couple different cities in Israel that were attacked, um, went into the houses of these places where they're throwing tires in to smoke people out of their safe rooms. I talked to the people that were responsible for picking up these decapitated infants. I went to an emergency center um, where they started showing me these videos and I couldn't even finish watching them because they were so horrific. And one of them, it took me a while. I wish they had explained to me what it was ahead of time, but it took me a while to actually frame and understand what was taking place in the video. And you've got to understand, I have multiple combat tours on several continents as a Navy SEAL and I was a combat medic, so I've seen some of the most horrific and graphic things you can possibly imagine. And this was so far beyond the pale, so antithetical to what I would just call basic human uh, beliefs that it took me a while to figure out what was going on before I asked them to you know, turn it away.
1: So that was video of the actual of slaughtering and uh, and,
2: video video of a pregnant, a full term pregnant woman who was gang raped. uh, And uh, then they were cutting the fetus out of her stomach
1: uh,
2: and, and then executed the child that's still connected to her by an umbilical cord and then executing her. Like I couldn't even understand what was taking place in that video because You can't, I mean, Sarah Jane and I are having our 10th grandchild. And we very unfortunately just lost our oldest daughter to cancer two months ago.
1: Oh, sorry for your loss. And so, uh,
2: yeah, well, thank you for that. But I understand these things at a real visceral level. And I understand anatomy and physiology because I was a a combat medic for a long time. And I understand combat because I fought as a Navy SEAL in multiple wars. But that's not warfighting. That's, that's savagery. And to call these people from Hamas anything other than beasts is, is not appropriate, man. I mean, the things that they did over and over and over again to the Israeli people, the Jewish people, civilians, is indescribable. And I want to make sure that everybody listening understands what in the heck is going on here. The difference between what took place on October 7 and what's taking place now in Gaza is intentionality. So these beasts from Hamas, and and also we have to understand there were people who were not Hamas that went into these areas. And the Israeli government has videotapes of them, of civilians in Gaza coming into Israel and committing these heinous crimes, murders and rapes and, and property destruction. Regular civilians, you'd call them. So let's not forget that. But the difference between what took place on October 7th and what's taking place in Gaza now is a couple things. The terrorists, the savages, the beasts intentionally targeted civilians. And they targeted them in a way, the most gruesome manner possible, telling people to cut arms and legs off while people are alive, uh, torturing people in front of their family members, gang raping mothers in front of their children and their husbands, uh, decapitating infants, burning them alive to the point where regular DNA stuff didn't even work. Uh, I spoke to a guy who two of his sons charged into battle. They were not, were not even in the army. They were both killed. And one of them was burnt so badly that they had to use the DNA from his identical twin to identify him. So, and that was done on purpose by Hamas over and over and over and over again. What's happening now in Gaza is the, the IDF, the Israeli defense forces and some other groups there have gone so far and above out of their way to try to get civilians out of Gaza They dropped, I don't know how many, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of leaflets. They were broadcasting things, telling everybody to go south of the Gaza River. They were actively prevented from escaping by Hamas. So Hamas prevented civilians in Gaza from escaping this military onslaught. And here's something else that other people understand. The people in Gaza voted Hamas into office. So they're elected into office. And the death of every... Single civilian or injury, um, every building and bit of infrastructure that's destroyed due to the Israeli military operations now lies directly at the feet of Hamas.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system.
1: But the um, people who are pro-Palestinian card. congressmen, the people who are calling for a ceasefire—I mean, there are more than eight thousand deaths. They say thousands of children have died in Gaza in the Israeli strikes. Hundreds of thousands of people are in shelters. There's no electricity. There's very little food and fuel. And their people are suffering. So the humanitarian aid, they say, isn't enough, that the U.S. has to do more. Do you agree with that?
2: No, I don't. Listen, war is horrible. And war should be so horrible that you never want to fight it. I've had about 50 of my friends killed since since September 11th in training and combat. I've had uh, 20 with Senior Chief Mike Day, 21 of my friends commit suicide because of the issues that they suffered from war. War should be horrible. It shouldn't be something that you continue to prolong. And here's the harsh reality. The last war the United States of America won was World War II, 80-plus years ago. And you know why? Because we fought it to its fullest extent. And at no time did Winston Churchill and Franklin Delano Roosevelt have a discussion about rushing humanitarian aid to Nazi Germany or to fascist Italy or to Imperial Japan. That conversation didn't happen because they were at war. And that's the last war that we won. And it gave us essentially on a global scale 50 years or excuse me, 80 years of peace. We've had, um, we've had military conflicts, several of which I've been involved with. Um, but not to the scale of World War II, because it was fought and it was won. What what did we call for from Nazi Germany and uh, fascist Italy and, and uh, Imperial Japan? Unconditional surrender.
1: At the time, there and wasn't the social old... media, though, Congressman, now there's social media. People are seeing images. People see on the news how difficult life is for the civilians of Gaza. That's yeah. making the calls louder and louder.
2: Yes, and I understand that completely. And as I said, war is horrible. And of anybody that doesn't want to go to war, it's me, because I spent my entire adult life at it. But war should be so terrible that you don't want to fight it anymore. And if we've proven one thing, or if Israel, the Israeli-Arab conflict has proven, one thing is that something has to be decisive. So 50 years plus one day was the Yom Yom Kippur War, where several Arab nations invaded Israel, and they almost lost their nation. And then they fought them back uh ferociously with great aid from the united states of america and then they had until october 7th relative and that's air quotation relative peace they didn't have a huge military uh incursion like that for 50 years and one day because they fought it uh at a level that was just remarkable so yeah it's it's terrible my heart goes out to the people there but the people in gaza have had control of Gaza since 2005 and tens of thousands of rockets have been launched into Israel from Gaza since 2005. That's just a fact. And if you, you look at, think about proportionality, it's much more than 1400, by the way, people have been killed. That's not an accurate number any longer.
1: In and Israel, you're, saying, you're saying in Israel.
2: In Israel, more people have been killed than that and more are going to die because of the types of wounds that they sustained. But if you think the population of Israel, compared to the amount of casualties that they sustained. If you applied that percentage to the United States of America, it would be 50,000 American citizens slaughtered in a single day. The women raped, the children's heads cut off, um, the most atrocious, torturous events you can possibly imagine. Imagine if 50,000 Americans were butchered in a single day by an entity that you can readily identify. And if there was a terrorist group that was launching rockets from Mexico into San Diego. And this terrorist group launched a ground attack from Mexico into San Diego and slaughtered 50,000 San Diegans, brutally burning them alive, raping them, decapitating them. What type of response would we have as a nation? And what type of response would we have if, the prime minister of Israel said, hey, you need to temper your actions. You need to be a little more cautious. You need to think this through. What would we tell the prime minister of Italy if 50,000 Americans were just butchered, murdered, raped, and mutilated? What would we tell them? Mind your own business. That's what we'd say. We'd say it's time to end this. It is, it is truly time for a reckoning with these Hamas beasts. There's no other way to describe them. I mean, again, I've been in combat my entire adult life, and I have never been exposed to anything this brutal ever. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
1: Congressman, the House bill that will be considered Wednesday by the Rules Committee would only fund military aid to Israel, about $14 billion worth. There's nothing additional right now like President Biden wants for Ukraine. Do you support the House's version of this?
2: Yes. Ukraine and, and Israel funding should be decoupled. There's a significant amount of issues with what's been taking place in Ukraine. When Vladimir Putin uh, clearly invaded Ukraine. Um, he is a, essentially a war criminal for doing this. is unlawful to invade that country. He's responsible for a tremendous amount of suffering. But even Vladimir Zelensky's aide yesterday came out and said that there's huge problems with corruption in that, com- in that country. And there is. There's a tremendous amount of corruption in Ukraine. We've given them over $1.5 billion in cash not bullets and bombs and tanks, straight up cash. Where did that $1.5 billion go? Um, I read the bill last night, I got it for Israeli aid and it's very specific. There's a 14 day reporting requirement for expenditures of funds to the Department of Defense from Israel. So we have been in a relationship with Israel now since 1949 and have been providing aid for them or to them for an extended period of time. And there our, are our mechanisms and channels for making sure that we have proper oversight of the expenditure of American taxpayers' dollars are rock solid with Israel, and they are not with the Ukraine. They simply are not. And here's what I'd say, you know, to the people that say that they should be coupled together. If each one of these things has merit, funding the Ukraine's fight against Russia and fighting Israel's fight or funding Israel's fight against these savages, then each one of them should stand on their own merits.
1: All right. No, and clearly, I, the
2: Biden administration, on,
1: on that, it, on that, I'd like you to hear what Defense Secretary Lord Austin, he, he said this to senators at Tuesday's hearing that was in defense of coupling military aid to Ukraine with Israel. He says that Russian leader Vladimir Putin is counting on us in the West to get tired of the war. Here's the
3: secretary. If that's the case, if we don't support Ukraine, then Putin wins. But Putin will not stop in Ukraine. We know that. We all know that. And so I think it's important to do what's necessary to support Ukraine and Israel and to help them defend their sovereign territory.
1: And Congressman, some of your fellow Republicans, including the Senate's Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, agrees to put both together. What's your response?
2: My response is this: the Secretary of Defense is an incompetent boob. Um, To say that that Russia is not going to stop it at Ukraine. They cannot take over Ukraine right now. So what else are they going to do? They're going to take over Ukraine and they get into Poland. Poland would crush them. That is a disingenuous statement made by a person who has no business being that office. I have yet to hear Secretary Austin apologize for screwing up uh, Afghanistan. As a matter of fact, I think he said it was a perfect operation. Milley said it was awesome. Joe Biden said it was flawless. So anybody who can say that about the debacle of Afghanistan. I don't trust his word on anything. And you gotta remember, they they fought to a standstill. Russia has fought to a standstill in Ukraine over two years now. So does Lloyd Austin magically think that they're gonna find their second wind and take over Ukraine and then push into uh, Poland or another NATO country and then Article 5 is enacted and we destroy Russia utterly? No, there is something fundamentally wrong with the way the United States government is providing aid to Ukraine. There is something wrong there. And the people that are responsible for this are incompetent. And they've proven that again and again and again.
1: So would you be for aid to Ukraine in the future, if you can account for what has been already given?
2: If you can account for every first and foremost, this is a precondition for me voting for any money for Ukraine. The executive branch must provide a strategic vision with attainable and readily identifiable metrics for the expenditures of American taxpayers' dollars. They have not done that after two years. We must have a plan. When and where? Wh- when is enough? Where is enough? Do we have to take back Luansk and Donetsk, those provinces? Do they want the Crimea back? Um, how many Russians need to be killed? How much, how much of the Russian military capacity needs to be degraded? We haven't seen any of this stuff, zero. So until that happens, nothing's happening. And then there have to be very, very rigorous methods of accounting for every dollar that goes out to Ukraine. Now out my window, I don't know if you're filming this or not. It's Mm -hmm. snowing now. I live in Southwestern Wisconsin and I have to explain to a dairy farmer. Who is milking a cow three times a day uh, why his tax dollars are going to washington dc and being sent to ukraine to fight the russians when they can't find ukraine on the map i think half three quarters of the united states can't find ukraine on a map right so i gotta explain to him why his tax dollars are gonna go do that and i think it's a valid fight don't get me wrong vladimir putin needs to be shut down but it needs to be in a manner that i can explain it to the guy that's milking cows three times a day here's the other part we have. I have to explain to my dairy farmers and small manufacturers, and you know, my neighbor next door is a union guy, awesome dude. I have to explain to him why their tax dollars are going to the first the Obama administration, now the Biden administration, and being sent to Iran, who is funding Hamas, and then we're sending money. Excuse me, Biden. I'm not doing it. Biden is sending money directly to Hamas, the terrorist organization that, that just butchered. You know, 1,500 um, Israelis. How do, I, how do I explain that to the people that I've been sent to Washington, D.C. to represent? It's nearly impossible. So when the, when the Biden administration sends tax dollars to the greatest uh, state sponsor of terrorism in the world, how do I explain that to a dairy farmer? And when we send money directly to uh, an additional $100 million to Hamas, so that they can continue their uh, slaughter of Jews, how do I explain that to the guy that's working at Quick Trip, which is our you know Midwestern equivalent of Seven Eleven? It's nearly impossible. Um, and the Biden administration is doing the most horrific job with messaging. They're saying we support Israel on one side of their face, and then literally the, the next day or even 12 hours later, they send another $100 million to the terrorist
1: organization responsible for committing these crimes. Well, they say they're sending it to... Palestinian civilians.
2: The Palestinian Authority and the, Palestinian, uh, the Palestinians in Gaza Strip elected Hamas. They're sending the money to Hamas. Every dollar that you don't have to spend on a bandage, you're going to spend on a bullet, and they've proven that. They don't have fuel reserves. That's not true. Hamas has plenty of fuel. They're, not just, they're just not sharing it with the civilians in Gaza. So when you can buy tens of thousands of rockets, but you didn't take enough time to figure out how to, to have a, a fuel distribution system, for your people that you've been elected to represent. You know what, that's very difficult for me to say, wow, maybe we should just give them more stuff. Again, the, the crimes that were committed by the beasts that are Hamas are indescribable. And every single person that is injured or killed every piece of property or infrastructure that is destroyed in Gaza is a direct result of Hamas's attack on Israel on October seventh, it is the fruit from the poisonous tree. It's a legal concept. They took an action and all the subsequent actions are traced back to that single one. So all of those things lie solely at the feet of Hamas. And it breaks my heart to think about these people, but it is their responsibility to remove Hamas uh, and Israel's helping them right now do so. And there will be no peace in Israel as long as Hamas exists as an entity.
1: Congressman, a couple of times in the past few months, you've been accused of either being belligerent or surly or profane with White House staffers yeah. or with people from yeah. the Biden administration present- making presentations. This is your first year in Congress. Has it been frustrating?
2: It hasn't. To be clear with your audience, I use no profanity. But I did take the Biden administration, the, their Department of Defense representatives, their intelligence de- representatives, and their State Department representatives to task. You know why? Because they sent the B team over and they were lying to us, or lying by omission. And now all of a sudden, everybody realizes why I was taking up to task was because I know what's going on because I conducted counterterrorism and and uh, hostage rescue operations for over two decades, and I know when someone's shining me on. And what I found fascinating is that if I was a Democrat and I was in that auditorium, I would have been steamed because the Biden administration and and previous administrations, and I'm sure future administrations, are treating us, they have treated us, and they're going to continue to try to treat us like we're not a co-equal branch of government. Well, guess what, Jack? We are. So don't send your B-team over here. Shine me on with just this flowery, horrible brief and expect me to sit there and take it because I have – Attended and given thousands of intelligence sprees. And that was nothing. I mean, Twitter's more accurate than what they just said. They wasted, I don't know how many thousands of hours of of Congress people's And Democrats need to understand they got to stand up, man. We don't have to worship at the altar of an intelligence agency. We're a member of the co equal, we're a co equal member of a branch of government. And when the founding fathers laid out this plan, they were concerned the House of Representatives would be too powerful. And we have abdicated that responsibility i've been there been there for 10 months and i have been frustrated by people going along to get along and taking these things from the executive branch either because they don't understand um, how these things should work or because they're they're too afraid to stand up to somebody well i'm not afraid i'm never going to apologize for protecting american citizens ever and when the executive branch who is tasked for protecting american citizens is not doing their job which has been very clear Look at the 7 million people that have entered the southern border, the hundreds of thousands of people now that have died from fentanyl overdoses since Biden's been in office, that tens of thousands of American citizens and are allies that they abandoned to the terrorists in Afghanistan, the strategic weakness that led to the invasion of Ukraine, what's going on now in Israel. Um, we've had 32 American citizens killed in Israel. Have you heard a peep out of the Biden administration about that? Nope. Have you heard anything about the 20 plus American citizens that are being held hostage by savages? Nope. Why not? And why why aren't Democrats up in arms? We have Rashida Talib and some other members of the House of Representatives so that are demonstrating with Hamas. They're they're behind Hamas. So when those those people are shouting in these rallies, of which Miss Talib was at one, from the river to the sea, that's from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, eradicating all Jews. That is Israel. So these demonstrators and these people in these college campuses and some of my colleagues in Congress, including this guy from Madison, Wisconsin, named Mark Pocan, they're calling for genocide. That's what that means. It's not some, like, catchy statement. They're calling for genocide, the complete eradication of the Jewish people. And that's just not okay. They claim it's the other way. They claim claim Israel's
1: conducting a genocide in Gaza killing Palestinians.
2: Fruit Of the poisonous tree, my friend. You know how we know that's true? Because Israel wasn't doing this in Gaza on October 6th or October 7th. They started this on October 8th. And they're going to continue. So you can't deny the calendar. You can look at it objectively and just say, what changed here? Oh, here's what's changed. On October 7th, Hamas and other Palestinians that are just average Joe in the West Bank crossed into Israel and slaughtered Jews on a level that has not happened since the Holocaust. That is set in stone. That is a fact. And all of these subsequent actions are a direct result of that. And they are responsible. Hamas is responsible. And anybody that is helping Hamas is responsible. That's Iran. And that's these people, unfortunately, that are walking around on our college campuses. And some of my fellow members in Congress, they're responsible. They're culpable. You think of it in this terms. If you had the ability to stop the Holocaust from happening, would you do so? I would. And that's what we're doing now. We're trying to prevent the Holocaust from happening. again, And and it is that stark. And anybody that's not okay with trying to prevent the Holocaust from happening again, I don't have a lot of time for you.
1: Congressman Derek Van Orden, Republican
3: from Wisconsin. Thank you
1: so much for your time.
3: From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four term U.S. Congressman from South Carolina brings you a one of a kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to FoxNewsPodcasts.com. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at FoxNewsPodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.